You are now entering the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. Sounded good to me. Uh, uh, as you may note, if uh, you were expecting first to hear from Mike and then to hear us start talking about Shaft, uh, we are such a mouth. Moving on to a uh, alternate topic because uh, Mike is ill, and with the opening of the Cheesy Rider, Patrick uh, <laughs> is not quite finished watching both of the films to adequately discuss it. So uh, instead, this week we're going to be talking about telephones and telecommunications, uh, what we use to. Speak speak uh, with voice and to transmit our data to and from the internet. Yay! Then and now. I wish I had a cell phone. <laughs> I'm actually, in a weird way, kind of excited about this episode. I know I know, we're doing this kind of on the fly and everything, but I mean, I have lived a life of cell phones and regular phones and everything. Um, for people that don't know my personal past, my father was a telephone man from the time he was 20 until he retired. He worked for Southwestern Bell and then AT&T for 42 years. So I pretty much lived all, everything phone-related and had all the newest phone-related gadgets before they even were available to the public growing up. So we had call waiting before anybody else did, you know, things like that. So how many years with the company did they make him transition to being a telephone man? Or their implants? Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He had he had a phone built into his hand. It was just like total recall. <laughs> <laughs> okay, before we go any further with this, I'd like to talk to you guys about something called the Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Ooh. It is the network which hosts our show, as well as many other geek-themed podcasts, including the Arkham Social Hour, Sweatin' the Small Stuff, The Cue from Hell, Hard to Swallow, Media Feed, and Outlandish Conversations. You can always find not only our shows, but those other shows and many more at www.musingsofageek.com. And you can also find us on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, or TalkShoe. And if you're not busy parasailing or uh, out, you know, walking the dog across the Mojave Devert, Desert, Devert? What's a Devert? Devert. <laughs> Desert. Then uh, you can find us Saturdays at noon streaming on Geek Life Radio. And if you'd like to contact us, you can always give us an email at 40go14 at gmail.com or give us a call for our voicemail line at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Yes, reach out and touch us. Oh. Inappropriately. Oh. Speaking of inappropriate touches, I believe we've got some voicemails this week. We do. We've got two from, uh, well, we'll just let you listen and find out on your own. Nine gold in one period. Pretty impressive. The only person to come close that I've ever heard of is Octomom's fertility doctor. Yeah. <laughs> so we're digging back up that chestnut. <laughs> uh, talking about this weekend, uh, sports edition. Charlie's doing a bit again. 
So. <laughs> At least he's not advertising for Tampax. That's fair. I mean, I do love that before he hits the open mic night, he's trying out his material here, though. <laughs> I would call that uh, voicemail adequate. Uh, all right, next up. Gotta be careful when you're when you're a teenager looking for the kid mom who's going to buy his alcohol. Uh, I used to hang out with a guy named Drunk Mike. Drunk Mike mom was the the one. She was the one that would buy you anything you want. Get her, you know, get money, you give her an extra dollar, she'll buy a carton of cigarettes. Give her a dollar, she'll buy a case of beer. You know, she, as long as she got a little bit of something out of deal, that's all fine. But uh, one crazy night when uh, we were all drinking, it was me, Drunk Mike, the twins, Chris and John. They were identical twins. It was kind of freaky. They looked like badgers. But uh, anyway, we uh, we woke up one night and everyone sleeping on the floor. But Chris nowhere to be found. And Trump Mike Tom Chris going down on his mom in the kitchen. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty fucked up. But, uh, yeah, yeah good time. <laughs> this, that story was rambling so much, I was ready to make a joke about needing a hard candy because I felt like my grandfather was telling me a story, but then suddenly somebody was getting gone down, gone down on. Whoa. Uh, the grandpa never told me about that. <laughs> I took my dentures out. You know what's crazy is when I originally told that story of the house where it was cool for us to drink at, and uh, the guy's mom didn't care, the guy's name was Mike. Nice. And did he end up having sex with the mom? Well, he didn't have sex with his mom. That would be weird. No, no, no. Oh, Drunk Mike walked in on... That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I, as far as I know, uh, nobody, n- none of our friends had sex with uh, this particular Mike's mom, who was cool with us all drinking. I do remember his stepdad came in and talked to us about how awesome cocaine was. <laughs> what? Did he have a what? giant, like, Motorola cell phone and had no, his hair slicked back? No, he was just like, uh, he didn't do it anymore. He was like a hockey player. And he was, was like... He walking around with a, with a robe wide open? <laughs> with a <laughs> little girl? No, with a little Polynesian boy that he's throwing fireworks. <laughs> and Jesse's girl is playing in the background. Yeah, what I said was already weird enough. You don't have to make it weirder. <laughs> But no, I, I think he was just going on like his uh, personal history as a kid, like how he got wild and how like, oh yeah, cocaine was awesome. I, I but the, I'd like I'd like to do it again. But then that's all I do. It's all I'd want to do. So don't do cocaine, even though it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a great lesson to the kids. If you want to have a great time, do some coke, but really don't. But yeah, do it, but don't. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you know where I can score some. <laughs> you, you got it? Can you get told? <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> so uh, I've heard we have some communique via the Twitters this week, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, there's been a lot of communication on the 40 Go on 14 Twitter account, which you can reach at 40 Go 14. Um, in general, one of the things that's most relevant was in response to our booze show, which was last week. Uh, Randy, I believe this is the same Randy who calls in, Randall Holt. Uh, oh, God, that was Randy Claxton. <laughs> no, he doesn't no, no, call no. in. I, I think this, this is probably Randy from Cincinnati. I got, uh, let me know if I'm incorrect, if we've got two different Randalls here. But, uh, Randall says, I'm not a huge drinker, but I must say a spooky molder sounds good. Just a really cool name for a drink. And, uh, well, we have communicated to him that though Pat will not, uh, be giving up the recipe, we may be able to convince him to mix some up while we're at Gen Con, so. Definitely. I was trying to and, see if it said on here where he was from, but uh, I don't see it listed. So yeah, be cool. If you, to be, if you happen to be in Gen Con, Randy, in, in Indy at Gen Con, I will make you a spooky molder along with everybody else. Or if you mm. live nearby, take a short drive. Meet us. 
true. We'll do lunch. Uh, yeah, that's true for everybody out there. We will we will be in Indianapolis uh, the last weekend of July uh, for Gen Con. So if you want to meet us, we're actually going to be doing a a episode with our buddy Joe Aberino acting as a dungeon master while we play a game of Dungeons and Dragons. Well, that should be pretty sweet. And uh, if you ever see the instant game show booth, uh, at least two of us, of the four of us, should be manning it at any given time as it travels out and about the convention. Well, and yes, I've already heard... Stop and say hi at any point. I've already heard from a couple <laughs> people that'll be there. So uh, the the as we get further along, we'll probably see that grow a little more. So it's exciting. Yay! No emails, I've... huh? Uh, no, not as far as I know. Not, nothing relevant anyway. All right. I do think, however, it's about that time. It's I about believe. that time. That's your cue, Joel. week in music, movies, and TV. And sports. <laughs> you take the music, Joel. And it cuts off at the end there a little bit. I'll take the music. All right. All right. Well, the week we're talking about is 1982, which was the year that Nokia launched the Mobira Senator, a uh, 21-pound car phone in a box with a shoulder strap. Holy crap. No wonder people had sciatica. (laughs) You need an awfully big pocket. Mobira Senator. Yeah. Oh, all it's, right. It's one of those stereotypical looking, you know, whenever somebody does the 1980s car phone joke, that's pretty much what they're showing. So like Nice Guy Eddie's phone in uh, Reservoir Dogs? Exactly. Yeah. Wow. All right. Um, the number one song is I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. And who doesn't love that song? Seriously. I love that song. Yes. That is a great song. I mean, it has all, has all the right little whatevers to be a hit. To be right. And it's one that uh, nobody can really argue because it's simple, it's straightforward. And yeah. Anyway, in Los Angeles. It's so good, even Joel loves it. And, <laughs> and Joel loves everything. No, Despite wait. it being popular, Joel can't deny how awesome Oh, don't start uh, that shit again. <laughs> Pat, the next time you I see you, I'm going to smack you. In Los Angeles, on March 28th, David Crosby is arrested for possession of quaaludes and drug paraphernalia, driving under the influence of cocaine and carrying a concealed weapon. All things that go great together. David Crosby. It's like it's it's like the scene out of Wolf of Wall Street when he's driving the Lamborghini home. <laughs> you know, Stills, Nash, and Young were very disappointed after that. They teamed Probably up. With, well, they got Art Garfunkel to fill in. So I saw a um, David Crosby interview once where he said that he literally did more drugs than anybody he knew that was still alive. Wow. All Somewhere, right. I've got a picture of uh, the time that uh, Sarah, my wife, uh, met David Crosby. Oh, nice. Yeah. Sure it wasn't just a homeless guy? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Not 100%, but pretty sure. Pretty, pretty sure. sure. Uh, on March Meet 20th. the homeless guy that looks like David Crosby. <laughs> <laughs> Much more popular than the homeless guy who looks like Bing Crosby. <laughs> Wait, dead or alive Bing Crosby? <laughs> yeah. Don't get me started on the homeless guy that looks like Bill Cosby. <laughs> no, that's actually Bill Cosby. <laughs> Whoa. Um, I don't know where to go with that. So on March 26th, Paul McCartney and Stevie Wonder release Ebony and Ivory in the UK. I like wow. that song. Horrible song. It's like this year's Lollapalooza lineup. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. On March 31st, the, seen the Lollapalooza listing. <laughs> Stevie Wonder hasn't. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> on March 31st, the rock group, the Doobie Brothers, break up and nobody notices. Uh, but it's relevant to us. Yeah, I was going to say, normally, if uh, my soundboard was working, I'd be playing uh, What a Fool Believes at You right now. But Yeah, in, well, in tribute. I've, I've opted for another song tonight since I'm in control. And we'll find out what it is later. Is it... oh, we'll find out now. <laughs> yeah, you're going to find out right now exactly what's filling in this evening. 
So okay. anybody that talks that babbles too much is going to be played off. <laughs> I see. As a giant uh, little Bo Peep thing grabs you from the side of the stage, <laughs> which has happened to you before, Pat, hasn't it? Hey, now we agreed we weren't going to talk about that. Yeah, not tonight. Um, on March 29th, Carl Orff, a German composer famous for the choral work Carmina Burana, dies at age 86. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah, I really like his music. His well, yeah, Carmina Burana, like, any time there's anything looking vaguely evil or satanic in movies or TV in the last, like, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Well, I never That's understood, why. though, why why they used it for The Lion King. It just never made sense to me. It didn't seem appropriate. What, why are you all silent? I, I, I'm trying to figure out if this is going to be a pun or not, because I'm not familiar with it being in The Lion King. I haven't seen that. In Carmina Burana, what a wonderful There we free. go. There we go. <laughs> Carmina Burana, a no fashion face. I knew it was there. I knew it. I was, was like, I, I think this is a joke grenade, but I think he left the pin in. It means no worries <laughs> for the rest of. All right, yeah, play yourself off, Joel. <laughs> uh, it's bad when you kick yourself off. Anyway, next. All right, I, I'll take movies. Uh, March 29th is the 54th annual Academy Awards. Chariots of Fire wins four Oscars, including a surprise for Best Picture. Um, it was the first time a British film had won Best, Best Picture in like 15 years or something. Uh, Henry Fonda and Catherine Hepburn win an Oscar apiece for On Golden Pond. I love that movie. That's a very good movie. It is a good movie. Agreed. So, no batteries not included. But. Well. <laughs> it's no Lorenzo's oil. <laughs> <laughs> now that is a barn burner. <laughs> the Beach Girls, a movie that I have absolutely no idea what it is or who's in it because I couldn't find anything on it other than it's a bunch of people I've never heard of. On a beach. Some of them are girls. Near the yeah. beach. Probably, uh, what, like like 48% of them are girls, I'm sure. Yeah, some sands. It is released on March 26th. I'm sure there's some surfing and sus. But it made $20 million, so who are we to judge it? Uh, but we missed a good slate of releases by seven days because the next week, Cat People, Diner, and the Anagram of the Week. That's K-O-H. What's that again? S-K-O-H. Oh, yeah, that's Soul Kings of Harlem. Well, obviously. Yeah. Funny enough, that's the real title. <laughs> that was a C. Thomas Howell movie that just never took off. Oh. <laughs> uh, anybody who gets that is offended. Oh, uh, God, yeah. Well, this would be an even better joke if I remembered what that actually stood for. Jeez. Uh, Diner. <laughs> well, I'm, I talked about it earlier. What the hell was it? Diner uh, was a great movie, by the, by the way. Yeah, Diner is a great movie. I love that movie. Uh, Some uh, kind of hope? Some uh, kind, yeah, wasn't that it? No, there's no movie called yeah, some, some kind, kind of, of hope. something, some kind of hockey, some, some kind of harmony. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no. Okay, move on. S K O A. I remember it starred Richard Pryor and Margot Kidder. So whatever, some kind of hero. That's what it was. Oh, I'm like, what are we talking about? I'm so Damn. lost. Why did that take so long to get back to my head? That's what she said. No, yeah, yeah. I want. I wonder why. <laughs> I got two okay. words for you, Pat. Weed. So this week in television, we have Dallas, sixty minutes, The Jeffersons, and Three's Company, all in the top shows of the month. Mm. And also on March twenty fifth, nineteen eighty two, we have the first broadcast of the classic police drama Cagney and Lacey. I watch that show every week. No joke. 
I don't think I've ever seen a single episode of that show. Oh. I vaguely remember it being one of the shows my mom was into, and I don't. Yeah, so. my mom watched it, but I don't. I don't. I never watched an episode with her. She I, wasn't a, a, a consistent watcher of it, but she watched it. I literally watched it every week. I love that show. I did, uh, probably because I was hanging out with my aunt most of the time. But anyway, <laughs> I I remember when that show Judging Amy came back on, and um, they made a big deal out of like some lady. Like some critic or something said that you know, oh, thank you for bringing Tyne Daly back to the screen. You know, I was like, I was like, was anybody clamoring for that? Well, after she ate Sharon Glass, nobody was you know too happy with her. So <laughs> anyway, sports. Who wants it? I'll take oh, it. Yeah, gotta be Joel. Since I'm filling in for Mike. All right. On March 27th, in the first NCAA Women's Basketball Championship, LA Tech beats Cheney 76 to 62. Cheney. Yeah. Cheney? Yeah, like Mark Cheney. Didn't we go to school with him? No, it, like Dick Cheney. The, uh... Yeah, they were, the, they were the Cheney Dicks. That was. <laughs> no, it was actually just Dick Cheney. He got 62 <laughs> points after shooting them all in the head, but he still lost because he ran out of time. Because he had a heart attack. <laughs> wow. Who needs, who needs to mess it up and he got commentary like that? All right, so Wayne Gretzky becomes the first NHL player to score 200 points in a season. Wait, in, while playing hockey? Yes. Is that possible? Yeah. No, well, Space Invaders. <laughs> well, that would make more sense. <laughs> I mean, of course, it's fucking hockey. <laughs> There's only like it's like soccer. There's like one or two goals a game, maybe like three. <laughs> so two hundred in the season is like. Let me explain something to you. In hockey, you get a point by either scoring a goal or assisting a goal. So you get like when you pass the puck to somebody and they score, that's a point for you. When you score by yourself, that's a point for you. And yeah, that seems like a lot for a hockey game, but I mean, it's Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, I mean, he was he he still to this day was the most prolific scorer that NHL has ever known. So it's not surprising he's he's set scoring records. And he had yeah. nice hair. If we didn't live in a big hockey town where I have watched various Hawks games, I probably wouldn't be able to name a second hockey player. Uh, yeah, because Wayne Gretzky is is pretty much kind of like the Pele of soccer, you know, of hockey. Because I mean, he's just the one guy everybody knows. He's the face, of, you know. He's like Michael Jordan huh. for basketball, or I don't know who would you say for football. Chris Chelios, that's another the, hockey player. The Marks. Who, who do you guys think of when when if you if you were forced to name a football player, like the best football player of all time, who would you say? Walter Payton is he, the first name. That that's what I was just about to say. Walter Payton, probably. Uh, but if you think more modern, like Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. I would say Joe Montana. Oh, okay. That's, that's a good one. Yeah. So you're saying he's like the Thomas Knickerbocker of cricket. <laughs> and I may have just made that name up. <laughs> he's the Cagney. We don't know. We're not going to fact <laughs> I know. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, listening to this, uh, Nikki's like, the hell? Oi. <laughs> <laughs> he's the Cagney and Lacey of the 80s cop show. <laughs> All right, so, and last but not least, Imran takes 14-116 for cricket match versus Sri Lanka at Lahore, huh? <laughs> I, I copied and pasted that word for word from a, a website. I'm like, I don't know what that means. Uh? That happened. That Imran beat. takes 14, 116 for cricket match v. Sri Four? Lanka okay. at Lahore. Uh, I think it's 14 out of 116 for the match in cricket. Imran is one of the teams, and the other team was a team at Sri Lanka, and the place where the game was played was Lahore. So they yeah. caught 14. I think the score of the game was 14 to 116. So the, oh, that could be. The, the, All right, Nikki, let us know. So the board of directors at Enron slowly because we're dumb. caught 14 out of 116 crickets. <laughs> you know, Thomas Knickerbocker would never have let that happen. <laughs> 
No, he had a sticky wicket. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right, let's oh, get to the wow. meat of this because I'm completely, I, I have no so, idea what's going on. We, we need exit We need exit music for this weekend. I, I still believe that. But Okay, so on to the main show. <laughs> that was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about uh, various phones and uh, telephony. Uh, what phones did you guys have uh, in your house as a kid? Now we're talking about growing up, right? Yeah. <clears throat> I, oh. Um, Unless you grew up when you weren't a kid, I guess we can accept <laughs> that as an answer too. Uh, <laughs> Joel, they were so they were so rich that they just they just bought their way out of puberty. <laughs> I don't have a cricket sound here, so I'm going to make it up. I decided to go real, real retro with the inside joke and go back to like episode 30 and when we made fun of Joel being rich when he really wasn't. <laughs> yeah, and I decided to hang you out to dry. Yeah, I, I appreciate. <laughs> I mean, I was like, I was like, I'm pretty sure that they know what I'm talking about, but they're just being assholes. Well, back when I was a kid, we started out with the rotary phones, and I remember when we made the conversion eventually to uh, push button. You know, what do, what do they call it? I guess push button. Because um, yeah, touch touch tone. Yeah, is that a thing? Touch tone wasn't touch tone really wasn't no? until kind of the the age of uh, the non raised buttons, but like a flatter screen, and touch. you would press it. It would make a you know beep noise. Touchpad. I don't know. Well, yeah, I, I just remember. I just remember dialing out on a rotary phone to make a phone call. Was like it was. It, you had to like plan ahead because you had to <laughs> wait for it to come back around every time you turned the the little knob Jim, dial. Yeah, Jim Gaffigan has a great joke about rotary phones where he's like, you know, if you get a number from somebody and they have too many nines in it, you're just like, oh, forget it. You're not important enough <laughs> to call. <laughs> I used to play with the phone like whenever whenever they we got rid of them and we switched over to. The, the push button ones. I remember we have the phones around, and I would sit there and just kind of play with the dial because it was fun to watch it spin around. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that not only did we have a rotary phone for a long time, like longer than you were supposed to, right? Like, <laughs> like, like until yesterday. No, uh, it was beyond the natural lifespan of the rotary phone. Is my point? Was it the 2000s? No, it wasn't that bad, but okay. it might have been into the 90s. <laughs> the uh, phone company's like, um, we're going to have to upgrade you. Did you still have a rotary when we visited your house? No, I don't think so. No, it was certainly only in the Cicero house, and even in the last couple of years of the Cicero house, I'm sure that they upgraded. I was going to say, because if you had a rotary, we missed an opportunity by not blowing it up with fireworks. Yeah. What was crazy is one room in the house actually had a push-button phone, but we didn't pay the extra for tone service. So when you push the button, you'd hear this... Like, so if you hit the nine, there would be nine little, like, clicks. <laughs> so because all we had was the rotary. And that's... So it, it would translate it into rotary language or whatever. It yes, sounded it like a. This damn thing. It sounded like a J horror ghost sitting on the floor in the middle of the night. <laughs> I don't think I've thought about that phone or the noise it made. Probably no joke in 25 years. <laughs> awesome. That is really cool. Yeah, well, so, yeah, we always had, like I said, the latest in everything, but we, of course, still had a rotary phone uh, because everybody did. But the second the push buttons came out, we had the wall unit. I remember I just found it the other day uh, going through the garage, uh, a mustard yellow wall phone with push buttons, and it had like a 15 foot cord on it because Whoa. i remember like my sister being on the phone and walking all the way out yes. the court while being on the phone yes and those things if you if you messed up one little strand of that cord it was screwed the whole thing yeah Absolutely. i mean i used to i used to drive my you know i was like i would always go around straightening the cord because i because that's me we had like a flat iron 
No, I'm talking about every time I had a kink, <laughs> I would sit there and work it out, like unplug the phone cord and like work it out until the whole thing was back to being normal. Wow, you're dedicated. Yeah. I just... I'm a little OCD freak. I always have been. Now, did you actually have a candlestick phone in the house at any time? No. Uh, my grandmother did. Yeah, we had one, but it didn't work. Yeah, my my grandmother my my gra- grandmother had one that was from the farm she grew up on. It wasn't functional anymore, but she did hang it on her wall. So it was like a just a display piece. Yeah. Yeah, if you're not familiar with uh, candlestick phone technology, it actually is fr- uh, the, one of the older phones from like the ni- 1890s to the 1930s. It has the base that looks like a candle base, and then the one long center post, and then there's a speaker on the top, and then the receiver is a separate piece connected by a wire that's this like speaker you put to your ear. So you, you talked into the uh, receiver at the top of the candlestick base. Uh, think about the Andy Griffith show. <laughs> yeah, I believe that for some of our international listeners, uh, listeners, that is a command that is impossible to fulfill. <laughs> well, Andy Good Griffith. Point. I found I I actually found a um, more modern version again going through my father's garage of one of those types of phones. It's it's still a vintage phone, but it's not quite an antique. I took a picture of it. I'm actually going to put it in our chat, but you guys could tell me if it's actually interesting enough to put up on the website. Well, I, speaking of, um, I just was thinking about your um, thing about the long cords and your sister. I did the same thing because our back porch uh, was it was like a paved back porch, and there was a, a wall that led to the backyard, so you could like go out, and I would sit on the back wall on the porch if I wasn't pacing, which I pace most of the time. When I'm on the phone. My kids do the same thing, but um, I go out there and I'd sit I did that too. I think it's a thing for people, but I, I would yeah. sit down on the wall with the phone, you know, outside and talk for God knows how long. Um, and it's, it's funny. You, you, you pace all the time when you're on the phone at home. I think most people do, but at my job, I talk on the phone all day long and I'm, you know, stuck in a chair yet. I don't have any urge to pace. Weird. Nice. Weird. Now, did you guys ever use these old style phones to listen in on anybody's conversations? What do you mean? Oh, the party lines? Well, I was talking about just even people in your family. Like, you'd pick it up and you'd realize that somebody was talking and you'd put your hand over the... Oh, yeah. I did that to my sister all the time. <laughs> I'm on all the, the phone. time. She never, she never said anything interesting, but I did it to her all the time. Yeah. I never uh, contacted an intentional party line since you bring those up, but occasionally, very rarely, you'd have the spot where the uh, local wires would get crossed and you could hear other people. Yep. And a spontaneous party line would show up. How about when like you, you pick up the phone to call somebody and they're calling you at the exact same time and you're just immediately connected to each other? Yeah, that's weird. Or you just that listen is... in on your neighbors in their calls. Yeah. Not not unintentionally. I love listening to things I'm not supposed to. So. <laughs> well, back then, man, there was no internet. You had VCRs, just were still kind of in their infancy. Uh, TVs Scramble were porn. not that huge, right? Uh, all the porn was analog. So, I mean, what else are you going to do? You, you pick up somebody's conversation when you pick up the phone, you're going to listen. Now, how about answering machines? How about them? I mean, they weren't really popular till the 1960s, but I don't think my family even had one until late 80s, maybe early 90s. Oh, we had one, and we were the first ones to get voicemail and all that. Yeah, so, yeah. Now who's fancy? Richie's my dad bitch. even bought the, the novelty answering machines. But did he have know, a football phone? You know, nobody's home. Nobody's <laughs> home. <laughs> wow. Oh, now, yeah. were those greetings on the actual mini tapes? Yep. Oh, okay. That's so nerdy. I didn't realize that. Uh, uh, we Yeah, we didn't get one until the little mini cassette ones came out, and it was probably like, I don't know, like 86, 87 maybe. I don't know when they first really became popular, but I remember coming home and always going to check the light and then you hit the button and you'd hear it rewind and then 
listen to whoever left the message. That was such a we don't have that anymore. Right. I, I think we got our first one around the same time that we uh, moved to Touchtone and got our first portable phone. You know, where you've got the charging station, the dock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the handset that you could walk around the house with. That was such and they a- were just they were so awful, like you know, the first ones, like if somebody ran the microwave, you couldn't talk to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a second, I'm making a pizza. <laughs> I remember though, that was such a thing. I mean, like to be able to take the phone and like walk into the room and say, Oh, here, mom, it's for you or whatever, and not have to wait for them to come to the phone or call upstairs and say, You know, you need to come to the phone. They'd have to come downstairs or whatever. Yeah. You just set the phone on, you know, on top of the base, wait for them to come pick it up or, or my favorite, like, you know, the whole phone's for you and they go in the other room and pick it up. You're like, I got it. <laughs> uh, and then you stayed on and listened. Yep. Did you hang and up? Like, hang up the phone. I know you're there. Hang up the phone. And then you're like, and they're like, okay, I think he's gone. <laughs> you're sitting there laughing to yourself. Uh, yep, we were so clever. Pretty now, much. I'm assuming, Pat, that your family had caller ID so early that it was in the era where you actually had to have a little converter box to have yep. caller ID. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not even exaggerating when I say we had one of those little boxes for two years before they were ever put on any phone. Really? Like, yeah, I had caller I had caller ID because it. I used to love, my dad and I both did this, actually. Used to love freaking people out. Like, if you, you'd see that, you know, your buddy was calling, you just pick up the phone, you're like, what's up, Sean? <laughs> and they're like, how'd you know it was me? I'm like, I didn't have a feeling you were going to call. It's <laughs> Shane. Uh, I mean, I don't know how many of our listeners remember this. I mean, depending on their age or not, but that was one of the biggest changes in phone technology, the caller ID, because before that, like your phone would ring and you just had absolutely no idea who it was. Nope. And it was like a game of roulette, picking up the phone. You're like, is it going to be a telemarketer? Is it going to be a bill collector? Is it going to be my mom? I don't know. <laughs> or is it going to be someone I want to talk to? Right. Exactly. <laughs> My mom, the bill collector. Yeah, the bill collector is my mom. I owe her money. I'm yeah. not answering. No, I mean, caller ID changed the face of a lot of things. I mean, yeah, telemarketing for one, and then it also changed, uh, um, you know, prank calling. Yeah. Well, yeah, that and the the advent of the old Star 69. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Another thing that ruined prank calling for people. That was another thing that, um, that I knew about before it was public knowledge because my dad told us all about, you know, Star 69. And there's, uh, there's like four other ones that kind of, they still work, but they kind of fell by the wayside. There's like Star 70 does something and Star, you know, whatever. Like, you know, for, for call forwarding, it's like Star 72 or something, you know. But yeah, there's other things that you can do. That did not become as popular as the Star 69. Star 78, you point your phone at a pizza and it microwaves it. (laughs) (laughs) But you better have a high megahertz or otherwise your phone just cuts off. Yeah, plus you're billed like $1.99 a minute and it takes like an hour. (laughs) What about, uh, do you guys remember when they came out with the phones that you could pre-program in numbers for speed dial? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, there was a great Seinfeld episode where um, he he kept noticing he was moving up and down her speed dial. Like based on how high in her life you were, like she kept rearranging her own speed dial on her phone. (laughs) Well, I just remember thinking it would be funny to change people's speed dial numbers. Just so the next time they do it, they're like, they try and dial like their grandma or something. Gee, man, it's like the, the local strip club or whatever. Change them all to nine one one. Whoa! No, I was just thinking about how funny it would be if you called the local strip club and still got your grandma. Ah. Have you been reading my book? <laughs> so, aside from the eponymous football phone, Uh-oh. which we've talked about uh, in oh, our sorry. yeah, uh, what other like crazy weird cool phones do we have in the eighties and nineties? A clear phone. I was uh, you beat me to it. Ah, crystal Pepsi phone. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it would it would like light up when the phone would ring. That was the girl version. Yeah, my si- my sister had it. That's why I know that. Uh huh. Sure. Okay, I had it, <laughs> and I kept it under my bed. It, it would be awesome if it, if it played the like the. <laughs> um, I just remember the clear phone because it was cool because you could see all the inner workings of the phone, but it was still functional. Or the hamburger phone. I was gonna say all the uh, all the ones for characters and things like that. Yeah, the hamburger phone, or uh, they had like uh, Pac Man or Donkey Kong, or the Garfield phone that hated Mondays. Right. There was a lot of those. They don't really do that anymore, do they? The the There's not a lot of novelty phones anymore, no. Because everybody has cell phones. Nobody has landlines anymore. A novelty cell phone. There's not much market for that. <laughs> I mean, people will put cases on there that'll have you know Garfield oh, or whatever, oh. but. I should probably save this for the now, but I'm going to go ahead and just, ooh, spoiler, Uh-oh. whatever. <laughs> My niece actually has a um a little handheld, it looks like a actual, you know, um, a push-button phone receiver, you know, from the desktop one. She had that she plugs into her actual cell phone into the into the AV port so she can actually talk on her hold a phone like it's an actual, hand, you know, receiver phone. What? What's the point? Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, I mean, it's like a hipster. Retro oh, kind of- I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so to turn your cell phone into an old hand, you know, landline type, you know. Yeah, I've receiver. seen those. Yeah. What? <laughs> Josh is kind of perplexed. I, I, no, I, I know what you said, but I can't fathom why anyone would want that. Uh, I I don't know. It. I mean, hey, kids these days, you know, the, whatever. The same company made a way for you to connect a horse to your car. <laughs> so you can have you the carriage up and have a horse pull your car. <laughs> We can now we can now take all your power steering fluid out, so you can experience what it was like driving in the sixties. Yeah, when the dude rocking the handlebar mustache tells you you're being backwards. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've seen that, and I I don't get it either. I don't I, I didn't know what you're talking about at first, but yeah, I don't get it. I mean, I'm I'm sure. Well, they... you see, it's a mustache that curls up at the sides. And... <laughs> not the not the oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I uh, I'm sure there's. Slam off people, cat. <laughs> I, I'm I'm sure there's some of those uh novelty phones out there still, but you're right. I think most people kind of have, unless if they have landlines, it's strictly for uh, cable or internet that sort of thing. Um, or they're like me, where they just want a phone where they can direct all the telemarketers to. Uh, and that is an excellent transition, more the cable and internet than uh, the telemarketers. But uh, I, in these early days, uh, pre-internet being everywhere, a lot of the times we needed to connect to whatever our network of choice was, whether it was just a local bulletin board service or whether we actually had an internet service provider, or maybe uh, we were connecting to Genie or Prodigy or the Sierra Network or even Smack America Online. Up. But uh, these days we had to go through an old school modem. Yep, 56 baud. Yeah, well, and that was the big boy, the 56K. Yep. I remember connecting at 14.4. Well, I'm, uh, the house that I had in Franklin Park, I had a uh, 4800 baud. Wow. Yeah. It's a nice looking Because I, I remember, don't you, do you remember being impressed with like how fast I could get onto the BBSs and stuff? Because there was one night, there's one night we sat there and, and just messed around on one of the BBSs. I don't remember which ones. Well, yeah, because we met right as everything was starting to transition over from the bulletin board services uh, into the modern internet. Because uh, we met the year before the internet really had graphics. Yep. Right. Back when we used to just get on, uh, what was it? What was it called when we would get on it in uh, the lab? IRC? No, uh, 
that was well, after. no, an IRC client was actually uh, added pretty late in that first year, right before the web blew up. We would use a Vax VMS interface in order to use either Gopher to search. There was a mail client, and there was Telnet to uh, connect to various addresses. Yeah, and you had to like manually enter in the IP addresses to go anywhere. That, that was yeah, yeah, I like days. Yeah, we. Well, I know. What at some point we're going to talk about uh, the mud scene as a completely separate show, uh, probably comparing them to modern massive multiplayer online RPGs. But I know we spent some time doing that. Uh, right before I met you guys, I was big into the Chicago bulletin board service and thing. Like I had one for chatting, one for gaming, a couple different ones that I just log into and play the games like Trade Wars 2002, where you just had a couple turns per day or food fight. Don't forget the sound it made. Oh, yeah. Well, and it was crazy. Like if you're on a bulletin board service or connected to a network and somebody picks up the phone. Yeah. Yep. There's your connection. Yeah. <laughs> the phone i'm on the net <laughs> my you're killing me yeah i'm in the middle of battle well i remember having to you know at one point getting a second line just so i could be on the internet and have a phone line too because people would call and they'd be like i couldn't get through to you because you you're on the internet yeah so, i had that too at the apartment i was one of the i remember when the guy hooked it all up i was one of the first ones he'd ever seen that had two different phone lines hooked up to his apartment hmm. but people get mad at you like they'd be like i, I was trying to call you for the last hour and you well, were online when i when okay here's an interesting fact when i moved into concordia river forest the very first time when i uh, before i even met you guys um in 1991 i moved in and i was literally the third person in the history of the school to request internet access in his dorm room because I had a computer that had a modem and I wanted to be able to dial out and everything. Well, can you wow. imagine um, how long I was on the internet based on just how long it took a JPEG to load? I mean, personal <laughs> personal habits would keep me very busy for long periods of time. I recall... Well, we used to set things to download like a hundred at a time and just walk away and leave the computer. Yep. I recall getting in trouble for connecting to a bulletin board service that was a long-distance call, technically. And then they'd get the phone bill the next month and realize that I'd spent like $75 just like chatting. <laughs> With somebody in Bangkok. No, it wasn't even that far. It was like someplace just out of like wherever we were, whether it was 708 or 312. Something. Wow. Yeah, it was back, so back in the day, back in the day when there was such a thing as if you called even the very next area code, it was a long distance call. Yes. And they would charge you for calling like out to Naperville yeah. a certain amount per minute. That's a good yeah. point. I mean, think about the way it used to be. You had to have a separate long distance service even for your phones. Yeah. You uh, had to have separate. Yeah. That's, I, I, that's right. I forgot about that. You, you could, I mean, local and long distance. right. You could, you could have them through the same company, but you could also do separate ones if one was cheaper. And I remember, you know, having to think about it before I made any long distance calls because it was going to cost you. It was crazy. I mean, that's the kids these days will never know what that, that means. Right. Because you just, obviously, if you're on a cell phone and you get a number from across the country, you're like, oh, that's weird. This number's from Alabama or wherever. And it doesn't cost you any more to talk to that person. And if you want to call overseas, just get on Skype or something. Sure. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's, it's changed so much. There, there, there's no such thing anymore as somebody saying, hey, you're wasting my minutes. Nope. Yeah, or the minutes you were allowed to connect to a network for the day. Oh, yeah. Like, you'd have a certain number of prodigy minutes or genie minutes. Uh, my big service of choice, because it was gamer-focused, was the Sierra Network. 
I had Prodigy myself up until about Smack my bitch, literally up until about eight years ago. I had a Prodigy email account. Whoa! Wow! You got rid of your GeoCities, huh? <laughs> Don't worry, MySpace is coming back. Don't you worry. Oh, I've been there. It sucks now. It's so <laughs> terrible. They they literally made the website the least user friendly thing on the internet. No joke. <laughs> I got onto my old account to see what was there. I had I literally got mad at my computer because I had no idea how to do anything because it was so incredibly <laughs> difficult. I mean, <laughs> I gotta check that out. Seriously, go log into your old account. Check it out. It is horrifically terrible. It's like the the opposite of user-friendly. It's not MySpace anymore, baby. All right. Well, I'm sure that we could go on for hours about uh, playing Hearts or playing Trade Wars. I know both Pat and I did that on the various BBSs uh, and the early Internet. Uh, but I think we're... Trade Wars was awesome. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, that was. I mean, that was just such a perfect game. And right before everything blew up, uh, what was the play-by-email game that we all loved? It was oh a shit! Four X game. Uh, all I can think about are the muds and stuff. I don't know what the play-by-email th- was. Yeah, there was a play-by-email. Yeah, where you- it was. It was a space exploration mining game. Oh god, what the hell was that game? I just remember ASCII art. <laughs> yeah, you would. That's still a thing. Yep. God, what was that? I'm not going to think of it. Josh is looking it up. I'm trying to look it up because it's driving me crazy. Because yeah, we, what the we hell was all that? played it. Uh, I tried to run the turns. Uh, this would have been a VGA Planets. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That was an amazing game. I loved that game. Yeah, it was kind and of... I, the... think, I think I didn't graduate because of that game. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the only reason. Yeah, true. And it was actually released at the perfect time for us. It originally came out in 92 and became well-known in 1994 with version 3. And I think we were playing version 2.2 most of the time. And there were 11 possible races, including both sides of the uh, galactic conflict in Star Wars. Uh, the Borg, the Federation... And yeah, it was kind of the precursor to the, like the Masters of Orion or uh, pr- like Endless Space or Eve Online. Yeah, in some ways, yeah. I don't think you get to Eve Online without this first step. It's kind of an evolutionary process. Yeah. That's probably true. Or, or right now, uh, the civilization beyond Earth is probably even a little closer in some ways. Mm-hmm. I don't but, know what that is. So I mean, I know what it is, but I don't. I didn't play. So sure. So is it time to take a quick siesta? Yeah, I think it's time to go to the break. And uh, when uh, we... I got one last thing to say real oh, quick. Uh, sure. Yeah. Because this is around 1995, so it, it makes the break. Um, The first cell phone I ever had, I fought it for years. I didn't want to get one because I just didn't like it. You know, like I didn't, me. Uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to be reached anywhere I was, you know. Like but me. I got a job working as a manager in a nightclub and they bought me a phone and pretty much forced me to have one because they're like, we need to be able to reach you wherever the hell you are. <laughs> and it like, was one of those big old brick prime codes. Like turn in your pager. Exactly. Yeah. They, I had a pager and they made me get a cell phone because that wasn't good enough. So yeah, that was the first cell phone I ever had was one of those prime co phones, those things that were like, you try to put them in your pocket and it would just, impossible you were a nice guy eddie yep yeah i wonder what was the last year someone who wasn't dealing drugs actually used a beeper oh jeez <laughs> 19 dickity two doctors still use them for some reason really yeah. yeah yeah i remember my dad had one for work i think jay had one for fashion <laughs> 
All right, I think that's going to take us into the break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about mostly cell phones, but also we're going to get into some broadband internet and uh, talk about how we uh, connect over VoIP and such. And uh, just because we talked about it for our intro in, well, our middle section, I'm going to give you a little bit of this. <laughs> I used to have a keyboard cat t-shirt. I think I still have a dancing baby t-shirt. <laughs> And we're back. Yay. Sorry, I had All to right. take a call. That's not true. <laughs> so we talked a lot about the phones we had around the house, and we've seen a lot of people transitioning away from those traditional, like, on a desk or connected to the wall, the whole landline thing. Uh, does, do any of us have a landline? I do. Either of you. Hmm? I do. Really? Yep. Wait, he said he uses it to deter telemarketers to give them a number and stuff, right? It's more or less, yeah, but I also have it just because, you know, cell phones are not exactly um, predictable in in all areas. So, especially with I movement. I going to say they're not exactly a science. They're not. They're not exactly proven. There is no science in cell phones. Cell phones are a fad. Yeah, so, it'll be gone next year. Does your cell phone work in your house? It does for the most part, but it's, it's nice to have the hard line because then if I need to make an important call or... There's, you know, something where I'm going to be on the phone for a long time. I don't have to worry about a battery. I don't have to worry about uh, dropping the call. It's it's a solid connection. And so, you know, it's not that expensive. So Is it a rotary? It is not. But now I want it to be. <laughs> you should yeah. have told me. I, I, no joke. I just gave away 22 phones that were found in my dad's attic. To a museum? Yeah, basically. I was kidding. Are to you guy, serious? To a guy who's going to take him to a phone museum, honestly. Really? Yeah. I was totally joking. Yeah, no, true story. It's crazy. Like, I did not expect that any of the three of us would have actually had a landline. And, like, just hearing Joel talk, I felt like I was talking to someone from the past. <laughs> no, I've, I've never not had a landline. I've always had one. Because especially moving around a lot back, you know, the last 10 years, there was just no guarantee that the next place I moved into was going to have solid service. And so I just it just became a, a staple and just never gotten rid of it. Wow. I had a landline up until about three years ago when I realized it had been about a year since I'd even checked the answering machine for the voicemail. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. So I was like, all right, well, I don't obviously need this, so let's just go ahead and get rid of that. Well, my father, ha- I mean, I-, I had a free landline from my, you know, from my father working for the phone company, so there was no point to cutting it off. Right. Yeah, I suppose if you're not paying for it. Yeah. Yeah, I remember like two places ago, the first uh, apartment I had with Sarah, we couldn't use the buzzer because the building was only wired up through landlines. Yep. Right. I, like, I had that problem in an apartment too. What? What and do you luckily, mean? Luckily, I lived close enough to the front gate where I could just open the gate for him with my own button. What do you mean? I don't understand. I, like some of those things have the, the security box where you know, they have to call in to you to get you to open up, you know, you pick up the phone and press your star button and it opens oh. up the gate. Oh. Yeah. And even if you could get the button that they press to connect to your cell phone, you couldn't buzz them in. Hmm. Because yeah, they could call you and say, "Hey, yeah, we're down here." Because and send the right signal to the to the gate because it was an analog signal yep. on your digital phone. But you could send them a text message. So yeah, we ended up. I think in that place we were on the tenth floor, so we'd have to get in the elevator. 
right all the way down, and then come open the door. Jeez. <laughs> with our hands like peasants. <laughs> what is this, Russia? <laughs> the doors didn't open for you? Man, what a chip. It's a garbagey place. So. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't I don't see getting rid of a landline. I mean, we've talked about it before, but again, it's one of those things where it's nice to pick it up, call my mom or moms or whatever, and even though their calls drop because they're on cell phones, mine don't, so I don't know. I'm old school, I guess. And I have an answering machine. Well, if you would just find somebody else with a landline, you could call them, and then neither one of you would ever have to worry about a drop call. Yeah. Total party line. And, and you you could talk about the evils of society and how the it, internet is bringing the devil into the world. An interesting ways to prepare cabbage <laughs> and uh, how to uh, make new shoes out of old shoes or Wait. something. How to, how to make a bar of soap last four months. <laughs> the only interesting thing to make out of cabbage is kimchi. <laughs> oh yuck! <laughs> All right, so cell phone. Uh, I yes, don't. Sir. When was the first time uh, each of us got our first cell phone? Well, like I said before the break, mine was ninety-five. Um, that's that's easy. I was I was super anti cell phone for a long time. I was kind of like Pat. I'm like, if anybody needs to go hold me, they will. And I used to make a joke that the only people that needed cell phones were drug dealers and doctors, and I was neither one of them, so I didn't need one. Um, <clears throat> well then. One day in 1999, uh, Amy comes home with a Sprint flip or a Sprint, yeah, flip cell phone. <clears throat> and I was like, what the hell is this? And it still probably took me like, I don't know, a year almost to kind of warm up to the whole idea. And, um, then when I found out there was a contract, the, the service was crappy. Um, I still, it didn't enamor it to me anymore until, uh, the dawn of text messaging. It's funny. I don't consider myself particularly anti-cell phone or anti-technology in general. However, both of you guys got your first cell phones before my first one. Wow. I got my first cell phone in 2003. <laughs> I guess I just didn't think I needed it that badly. I hadn't moved away. Well, I'd moved out and then moved back home. Uh, most of the time I wasn't at the house. I was at work. and waiting until uh, he got I, married. Well, yeah, I mean, this was many years. I, uh, let's see. Yeah, I think I only had a cell phone for four years before I got married. I think he missed the joke, Pat. Right, I, I did, apparently. What happened? I, I said he was waiting till he got married. Oh. Pat and I both got ours when we were... Anyway, never mind. Go on with your story. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, my first one was a flip phone from Singular right before the AT&T buyout. Well, after my, after my Prime Co. went out, and I uh, left that job, and they took my phone away and everything. I then, for, man, probably a year and a half to two years, lived on a pay-by-minute, buy-your-phone minutes on cards and load-your-minutes flip phone that I bought from Walmart. Like a burner phone? And that, that was a miserable existence. Like, I'd be in the middle of texting somebody, like, 3 o'clock in the morning, we'd be in the middle of a conversation, and I would just have to stop talking to them because I ran out of minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. Could you tell yeah. them? Could you warn them at least? Yeah, I'd be like, um, I just looked at my minutes and I only have like 16 left, which translates to about 30 text messages. So we're going to have to wrap this up soon. And if I just happen to miss it, then suddenly, no, sometimes I would just be gone. Wow. Yeah. That explains a lot. <laughs> I think I was on a flip phone for a long time, too, because uh, my first two phones were flip phones. And I know I had that. Uh, I met my wife in 2006 and we both had flip phones until we were married. So probably at least. 2008 2009 before we got a first our first smartphones oh i remember buying my first smartphone i bought the iphone 2 what do you consider whatever, whatever. was it called the iphone 2 it was this I, I remember i didn't buy the original one but i bought the second one that came out i mean what classified as a smartphone then though i mean 
Would a sidekick count as a smartphone? I would think the sidekick and the BlackBerry would have been the first two smartphones. Okay. Because if you remember correctly, back when I, um, between 2005 and 2010, I worked for a cell phone company, um, which will remain nameless. But um, so I, I, because of that, had access to and, and tended to have the newer phones. Because, you know, working there, you got to do one, you got to try beta test phones, uh, you got to, um, you know, get better deals on them. And so I always had, like, I had a sidekick too pretty early on. Um, so I went just, just like basically from flip to that. <laughs> it was like one jump. Well, and side- I, did the same thing, yeah. I think the sidekick in some ways was almost a almost smartphone. Because I, I I remember they had like the slide out keyboard, and I know Sarah had a phone like that. But how many features internet related and such could they really replace the PDA, like the the Palm Pilot and such, the way smartphones have? I I mean it was it was like a a cool version of a BlackBerry. You know, it was a more of a because it had the keypad and and. I don't know. It was a cool phone. The internet really wasn't a thing just yet, though, like very much. It was more of a novelty at that point. Right. Cause it- I remember accessing the internet in a very crude fashion on my flip phone. Yeah, like no, you know, no graphics, all text-based. Yeah. yeah. The mobile sites were like that. And uh, when it comes to texting, uh, once again, I'm late to the party. Mm-hmm. I only got unlimited text messaging a year and a half ago. Wow. Uh, yeah, I used to tell people, it's like, yeah, don't send me texts because it costs me 20 cents. Uh, reach yep. me on Facebook Messenger. Uh, when I was in, in, you know, more into poker, as a game runner, you send a lot of texts to players to let them know about your games and stuff. And I would have every now and then somebody text me, say, please take me off your list. It's costed me too much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you need to learn to play better. <laughs> That's what you should have sent back. Yeah, I was one of those people until about a year and a half ago where uh, I finally bit the bullet and realized uh, that both Sarah and I were sending enough texts for work or to each other or whatever that it became a saving. Kind of justified. Yeah, because for a long time, I was like, how many texts am I really going to send in a month? I know what it costs to add it to the plan. Right. And until it's unlimited, I really was beneath that number. It was so liberating, though, when I got unlimited texting, because uh, I, I was a big texter. I still am. I'd rather, you know, text and talk in most situations, because I talk I'm on the phone way. all day yeah. long anyway. So last thing I want to do is get on the phone again when I get home, but... I mean, I, I would text constantly. So that when that happened, I was like, oh my gosh, I, I, I don't have to worry about it anymore. It was crazy. I, I love texting myself too. I have almost, not quite that bad, but I mean, I have almost a phobia of talking on the phone. I just, I just detest it so much for some reason. I don't know why. I just feel so awkward when I'm on the phone with people. And I just feel like I represent myself much better in like written word. I sound much better. I'm more eloquent because I trip over my words when I'm talking as anybody who listens to this podcast. Can see. Yeah, I was going to say, so podcasting see? is a natural choice for you. Then, is what you're getting <laughs> but at. you know, the problem with that is though, is that since there's no inflection, there's no tone, there's no, exactly. you can misread there's a lot something. Of miscommunication, yeah. Oh yeah. You can misread things very easily. Sometimes when I'm talking to people, I'll stop and and say, can you clarify what your tone is on that particular sentence? Like, I, I, I believe that one of the deciding factors in one of my relationship breakups was because we texted way too much and got and just had a lot of miscommunication because of it. Uh-huh. I remember telling her at one point, I'm like, we need to institute uh, at least one call a day to each other to make sure that we're not, you know, miscommunicating things here. Right. Well, I mean, the natural solution is just to bring your uh, vocal communication down to the same level. So you are saying everything like this and everything is the same. <laughs> 
Uh-huh. I mean, I pride myself on my texting because I try to like type with inflection and you know and put mark you know, accent marks on words that I think need to be you know. And so I try to avoid you know miscommunication, but it's it's it is. I mean, it's it's the nature of the beast. Text communication. It's very easy to miscommunicate. How do you type with inflection? Like you put asterisks before things and after things, or you put up things in quotes, or you capitalize the right things. Or- Poop emojis. Yeah, exactly. You know, well, yeah, lots of emojis. Those, lots of them. Those are kind of a saving grace. Um, That's kind of my secret, really. I don't appreciate you spoiling that. <laughs> well, Spoiler alert! I mean, <laughs> using them, you feel kind of dumb sometimes, but it really does kind of save your butt if you're going to say something that could be misconstrued, just to automatically assume it and cover your butt. All right, so before we get into actually accessing the Internet on the phone, let's talk about how we've connected to the Internet in the modern broadband era. Uh, I, again, with my father, you know, uh, we had the first DSL on the block. When Uverse came <laughs> you out... You do have some DSLs. <laughs> when uh, Uverse came out, my dad was actually kind of nervous that the area we lived in wasn't going to have it. And then the day he found out they were installing a hub for Uverse for the area he lived in, he that, that was the day he when he went into work. He's like, yeah, give me that as soon as it's hooked up. That's and we've had, we had Uverse in the house ever since. Oh, I just thought of something. Real quick, rewind the last segment since Pat fast-forwarded. I'm going to rewind. Um, I forgot to say one thing. When I was a kid, the way my mom got me over a phobia of talking on the phone was she said, if you want to go see a movie or you want to, you know, if you're looking for a certain toy or something, you have to call around and find it for yourself. <clears throat> so uh, I started doing that. And I quickly learned that I, before my voice changed, I sound sounded like my mom, apparently, or, well, I sounded like a woman. So when I call places, <laughs> people would call me ma'am. And so I use that to my advantage to get over my fear of phones because I'm like, I would talk to him like I was an adult, an have adult you, female. Have you ever heard John Mulaney talk? Talking about how he sounded like a woman when he was young, and he called into uh, some video rental place several times looking for Adam's family too. And finally, the guy snapped at him and said, "Look, lady, I will call you when we have it." And he's like, and he said, "I wasn't offended as a little boy. I was offended as a woman." <laughs> no, I haven't heard that. That's funny. But anyway, go ahead, fast forward. Okay, so back to the present. Uh, Pat used DSL. Uh, I remember when I moved back home, I think I was probably uh, 20, 21. Uh, one of the first successes I had was getting uh, a cable modem installed. And I had uh, one of the very early, I think it wasn't even Comcast at that point. I think it was actually AT&T. Or two-wire, maybe? No, it was definitely a cable modem, but I believe that uh, AT&T was acquired, at least their broadband division, was acquired by Comcast in our area. Mm. Uh, So I had an early att.net address, which is crazy because I was still, at that point, connecting to BBSs, only now uh, some of them were starting to make the transition. I know Pat and I, uh, we both had a membership at the uh, Wild Onion uh, bulletin board service. Service, and uh, they eventually, for a couple of years, tried to rebrand themselves as an internet service provider. Uh, but right before I got that Comcast uh, or AT&T uh, cable modem, my internet access was free because I was helping out with that BBS. It was actually through those guys. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I think my email address there was like kumquat at onion.com. <laughs> I remember then, that, actually. For years, I had, I, it was either Kumquat or The Kumquat at uh, att.net and then later Comcast.net. And uh, I ended up using what uh, is now my online 
online handle doxed out originally was my spam address. I just started using it more and more. And uh, I recall the last time uh, I had to change Comcast services, they screwed up and lost my email. And because it was already assigned to me, no one could get it back. So that was when I made the jump to Gmail. I was like, this is not happening again. I'm not going to have my email address tied to my internet service. Yeah, that's that was a mistake uh, back then. Yeah, it's it was, like having a TV that has a DVD player in it. Right. Yeah, or having your phone number tied to your carrier and wanting to jump carriers, and they kind of have you held hostage because you've had the same number for so many years. Yep. They can't do I, that anymore. I actually did the semi-impossible, and when I had my pay-by-minute phone, um, flip phone, and I bought my iPhone, I actually managed to switch that number over to my iPhone. Wow. Yeah. I got to one-up you here. The, uh... The phone number that I had when I was growing up that my mom's had for as long as I've been alive, she still has it. She carried it from phone number to, or from house to house and then from house to cell phone. So she still has the same phone, phone number now that I had when I was born. So, Damn. Yeah. Well, the, the, I can't beat that, but the phone number I was just talking about earlier that only got canceled, the landline three years ago, that one was around for about 22 years. That's crazy. Well, if, if you go back and, and you look in, in an old phone book and you're like, huh, I wonder what uh, Eleanor's up to. That's my mom, one of them. And you're like, oh, hey, here's a phone number from 1983. And you dial it, you'll get her. Yep. That's cool. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, but I don't know. Are we, so we're talking about like DSL or, or that sort of thing versus uh, a modem, right? Like a dial-up? Right. The, the transition to broadband before we talk about mobile broadband. Wow. I don't, I don't think it happened until I bought my first house. And when that happened and I got cable officially and everything, that was the first time that I remember having it. And I remember like just, it was like, like, I don't know, it's like night and day, like all of a sudden the entire world went, oh, you know, and I could like stream porn and download stuff <laughs> at a reasonable speed. And then, you know, not too long after Netflix happened and not now as we know it now, but eventually. So I don't know where I was going I don't, with that. Do you, do you guys remember um, the apartment that I had in Logan Square? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I actually paid to get a T1 line put into that apartment. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You spoil yourself. Yep. I remember you didn't like that area because it was uh, a little dangerous in some ways. Yeah. Uh, I, just yesterday, I read an article that they are selling, uh, they're redeveloping an area for 400 square foot apartments for $1,400 a month. Damn. Yeah. So basically like the size of my living room. Yeah. That's like New York prices. Yeah. Wow. Well, it was definitely not that nice when I lived there. <laughs> not, that, not that expensive. I paid about the opposite, 400 for a 1,400 square foot apartment. <laughs> so. Yeah, you brought the property taxes down there. You're damn right. Property value, sorry. If I'm going to live somewhere, I'm going to make sure, it, I'm going to bring it down to my level. <laughs> so I know now, since I do so much online gaming, I've always, I've still got Comcast. I couldn't do DSL because it doesn't give me the speeds yeah. I need. Uh, I always have at least 50 megabytes per second internet connection, have for years. Yeah, I, I tried to get that much, um, but it was just, with the U-verse, it was way too, it was like $300 a month, something that just absolutely insane. U-verse is So I, I went for the second tier. I, I, I get maxed out at 25. Oh, okay. I'm a U-verse and I broke up a long time ago and I'm not a fan. You can keep her. I just love the TV so much. Oh, I mean, the, the cable service they provide is so good. Oh, don't get me wrong. I am not a fan of Comcast as a company, but it's like until Google Fiber moves into the area and gives us something better, it's like I have become accustomed to a certain digital lifestyle. <laughs> 
And really, I mean, if you look around the world, our internet service is kind of pathetic. It especially really is. for being one of the supposed technological leaders of the world. I mean, you go somewhere like Cambodia, where they're still using rickshaws, and they have free Wi-Fi throughout their entire country that is as fast as our LTEs. Right, and I hear the argument uh, said, well, uh, their countries are a lot smaller than ours are. It's like, okay, I buy that, except that we still don't have uh, the quality of internet you find in South Korea yeah. uh, in the in New York. Yep. It's like, okay, fine, don't wire it all the way out to Bumblefuck, Idaho. But we should but have... But metropolitan areas. Yes. And North Korea's best Korea anyway. <laughs> Sorry, so, I couldn't resist. So says fearless leader. Exactly. All right. So how about mobile broadband? Uh, I know that I started on 3G uh, after trading in my like Razor 2 for my first smartphone. It had a 3G connection. And I, I was kind of blown away by how fast it was at the time. Now 3G seems like snail's pace. Right. No, I remember... I, I remember right. when, um, yeah, when, when 2G and then 3G happened and being able to, you know, be driving in a car and go to a website and not like, not like the old mobile websites we we're talking about where it's all text based, but like actually there's a picture there or there's a video or whatever. And man, it was like all of a sudden all that stuff that we used to be able to do at, at our apartment that was a dial up and took forever. Now you can do it on your phone in less time. Yeah. Cause I remember the days when you'd be like driving around and be like, Hey, who sang that whatever song? And you're, everybody's like, mm, I don't know. And you're like, well, I guess when I get home, I'll look it up. Right. right now, now you know, you can't even have you can't even like put a bar bed in with anybody anymore because everybody's just like oh, I'll just look it up. Yeah, it's like, like no, I'm, try- I'm trying to like win some money from this guy. <laughs> it's like when Josh and I would go to would, at the Beacon and and uh, we were you and I basically if we get together undefeated at six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yep. Now everybody could just cheat and we didn't have that. Yep. Kids these days. Kids. Pfft. Oh wait, we have it too. Never mind. Adults. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I read something pretty interesting. When you get to the 4G speeds, what most of us are working with now, it's actually not the kids who are as glued to their phones as our generation. Because the kids, they've never known a time where it wasn't a thing. For us, uh, guys in their late 30s, early 40s, uh, can remember how difficult it was to connect to the internet. And I guess there's something psychologically where we're constantly checking it almost as though it's a finite resource like i i gotta get all of the internet on my phone before it goes away like, like, i can't believe i can still do this for you know for free or whatever look at all this information i can download without any penalties right look at all these cat videos i can watch <laughs> yeah whether it's checking youtube or just hitting your email or checking your facebook uh i know the stereotype is that uh it's the kids who are in their preteens that are glued to it but the reality says it's actually more likely to be guys our age that constantly have our faces in the screens i thought that was interesting it makes sense did you though. see that post somebody put on reddit the other day talking about how in about 10 years we're gonna have a generation of kids whose entire life has been put online without their permission and that's an interesting concept wow well it's getting harder and harder to take yourself off the grid i mean as it well, were i mean yeah that's that's kind of the, the the strange thing about growing up now as a teenager i was watching a special about this the other day and they were just talking about how like they're just they're so used to everything that they do being public knowledge and having no privacy that things that violate their privacy raise no alarm to them because they're just like whatever I don't have any privacy. They're living in the Orwellian future. Um, kind of in a way, yeah. Well, it I mean, makes me Big wonder. Brother is kind of almost here, you know. It, it makes me wonder how anybody even commits a crime anymore because there's cameras everywhere. And yeah, I mean, there, there, there's. I, I think a study I read the other day said something like within five years everyone will be recorded every waking 
moment of their life outside of their house. And some some people even inside their house. <clears throat> That's the And, uh, you know, your cell phones are part of that. I mean, because mm-hmm. wherever you are, you can be tracked on Location your phone. System. Yep. And and that's you know to this generation that's growing up with that that is n- not even a privacy issue. They're just like yeah whatever. That's the way it is. You know? I want people to know where I am. But you know what I'm saying. I mean, right. it's, just like, it's, it's not. I mean, it's not even an argument for privacy. It's just they're just like yeah. So I'm online all the time. Whatever. Right. What's your point? Yeah, you can. So you can find me anywhere I go. Big deal. I'm not trying to hide. Whereas right. we used to be like you know don't track me. I don't want you to know where I am. Well, and I think there comes a certain point where, yeah, there's some legit privacy concerns, but they're mostly on a macro scale. Yeah, somebody, if you're on the grid, could figure out what you're all about and do things to you. Let's face it, they're not gonna, because you're one of millions of people. Right, and that is pretty much the crux of the whole, you know, all these people that, that decry privacy, you know, they're like, nobody is looking at you anyway. Yeah, yes. Nobody cares about your, you know, your pictures of your six-year-old's birthday party on facebook yeah well, you're not special cut it out yeah i want to see those pictures patrick <laughs> <laughs> going around changing <laughs> took me a half a beat to catch it uh, mr. mr no no dr no no promoting him <laughs> he got a degree <laughs> uh but i mean you're right i mean it, it's that's one of my arguments i mean there's so many other people out there that would be more susceptible to uh, being the ones that are being tracked or hacked or whatever. I mean, granted, that doesn't mean you're safe, but it's it's like the whole theory of, you know, where I live now, I live in, in the quote-unquote bad side of town, but this neighborhood is safer than the neighborhood I first lived in but here. That's side on of the, town had an expiration date? No, that was in the good side of town. And it's, it's you know, it's the same philosophy with that. I mean, why would somebody want to take something from somebody who doesn't have anything? I agree. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I have... That opens a whole can of worms that, you know... A rotary cell phone. <laughs> All right. So uh, now that things are getting heavy, uh, I think There's it's... that word again. I think it's time to look forward to what do we have on tap for next week. Oh, wait. It's what we had on tap for this week. Oh. <laughs> we got shaft weight for you. Oh, yeah. Shut oh, your yeah. mouth. I love hearing that I got shaft weight. Oh. Wait, what? <laughs> You um, said that out loud, Josh. Uh, boy. He, he, he did. Very much so. Whoa. Um... I did want to make one quick uh, closing comment about cell phones and just phones in general these days. Something I've, I've thought about recently, and I, I have a feeling that somewhere in the next 10 years, we're going to see this be a reality, maybe even less. I think at some point, and, and I'm, I've said it to other people, but I'll put it here on the air for future reference. At some point, when you go to get your cell phone from your provider, you're going to have to opt for a calling feature that eventually your phone will no longer be able to make calls unless you opt for it as a specific feature on your phone. Because it's harder to make a phone call than it is to get on the Internet. I, I, you know what? I could agree with that because, I mean, we're almost there with the iPad because the iPad doesn't even make a phone call and people... I mean, it can make a phone call, but people don't use it for that ever. Interesting. So, like, the web and text would be standard that's, or just using using voip you know with your phone that's true i mean we record the show over voip uh service <laughs> like skype or exactly skype in this case right your phone would just be for text internet and music that sort of thing but the actual calling would have to be an additional feature to your phone i mean and the, and the last thing that i want to say before we uh, sign off is i just i mean i just want to like i don't know kind of homage ode whatever to basically the miracle that is really the cell phone i mean because what we have nowadays is like a lot of people want to complain about like oh it's 2015 where's our hoverboards where's our flying cars where's our whatever we basically are holding something that is a more powerful than the machines that put man on the moon in our very hands and b this is basically star trek technology in our hands yeah 
on the moon, allegedly. <laughs> Damn you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so if you, I know the last time we did a technology show, kind of, we were talking about video game consoles and we missed a, a big one. If we did the same thing with this show, let us know. Give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Or you can send us an email at 40go14 at gmail.com. Or shoot us a tweet over on Twitter at 40go14. And if you want to check out any of our old shows, you can do so at iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, or TalkShoe. And you can always listen to the newest episode Saturdays at noon on Geek Life Radio. And you can also find us on the fine stable of shows at Musings of a Geek Network. Yes, at www.musingsofageek.com. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, Whatever. It's not that org anymore. It's good enough for government work. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Until next. I was going to say, get better, Mike. Feel better. Yeah. And we'll we'll have a shaft for you next week. Oh, yes. Ahoy, ahoy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Good night. You are now leading the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. I'd fuck Joel.